and I told my manager, look, he disappears two or three times a day and I catch him not wearing any shoes. And the funny thing is he always leaves a wet trail on the toilet floor in the corridors. He's not human, he's made of water. Early warning signs reminding people that they might be near Muslims began to appear at bus stops. The government's creative agency of choice, Yesterday's Future, pinned down precisely the five types of Muslims to be wary of. A new game show called Halal Your MP has drawn some criticism from Walthamstow coffee makers. A new integration scheme started involving organisations wanting to create a nice place to live for everyone, every day, called Be a Muslim Month. It encouraged politicians and the leading lights of the entertainment world to have a Muslim name during the month of March, known as Muslims March. It was an opportunity to show Muslim communities that racism and Islamophobia really were things of the past and they should learn to complain less and be more thankful. And on our regular countdown of Britain's best communities, Muslims have fallen four places to number 10 after a leading Muslim MP refused to be photographed eating a halal pasty from Greg's. The counter-terrorism policy, Prevent, Building a Friendlier Britain, had been running for 30 years now. Originally designed to spot signs of extremism in places like schools and doctor surgeries, the government realised that language was a barrier and so banned all Qurans in Arabic and forced mosques to run prayers in English. Halal butchers were forced to take on English names, Maksuds became Makdud and Khans became Kants. Excuse me, excuse me, can I just ask if you've heard about the new categories in the census and which box you might pick? Would you be traditional or new wave Muslim? Sorry, what? Uh, new wave? What? What's a new wave Muslim? What, Muslims have to learn to surf now on top of everything else? No, no, sorry, I should explain. It's not about surfing, it's about what sort of Muslim you are. The traditional or the new type, the new wave as described in recent government legislation and the seminal report, Tomorrow's Muslims Today. The New Wave Muslim is an optimistic, religious, ethnic, easily integrated into society. OK, um, will, will something happen if I don't pick the right one? Hold that thought, Ali. We'll be right back after this break. What? Buy in the time of an integrated Muslim. You can book a half-day session, holiday session, or your very own live-in integrated Muslim. I didn't know what fitting in really meant. It was such a nuisance. And then I met my integrated Muslim. And I'm so unbothered about everything. It feels so lovely not to care. Get integrated now and go on, make it right. We're back with Ali now and a crowd has gathered around us. So Ali, we were talking about being the right kind of Muslim, traditional or new wave. The nation's waiting to hear your answer. The right kind of Muslim? Like, why does it matter to everyone anyway? Like, how will you even know? Well, as the minister said, so we can know one another better and we're no longer strangers in the same land. Like, I mean, I mean, if you know me, you know me. Do you think me ticking a box is going to help you understand me? Belong or don't belong, these are our rules. Is there really a choice? We're trying to understand you. You know, is this, is this country really your home? I mean, home is like never being lost. Like when the first ones arrived with five pound checks and letters from their mums on how to make rice, their home was with them, even though they were like so, so far away. I mean, Nobody really wrote letters for us. What a lovely story, and reminds us how welcoming our country is. Well, Ali has run out of time with us here today, so we'll go back to the studio. What? 
It's a shame you weren't able to convince Ali. Well, although the cameras will stop recording now, I think we in the crowd will carry on our conversation with Ali and see if we can't convert him. What? You could no longer just describe yourself as Muslim. You had to choose from a menu of approved adjectives. Initially, these included strong, honest, awkward, post or in transition. But approved Muslims advised that would be offensive. It would be better to be inspired by menus in Indian restaurants. And so, these were changed to buttery, spicy, traditional and, of course, speciality. Hello, welcome to The Future is Muslim. The podcast that uses a dangerous dose of absurd humour with a side of serious chat to take a closer look at what it means to be Muslim today and in the future. I'm Latifa Akai. And I'm Rahil Mohammed, and this is a Maslaha podcast. And welcome back again into the studio, Amina. It's good to see you. Hello, thanks for having me again. Um, and just to sort of remind everyone, Amina's a, a comedy writer, a screenwriter, um, and she's got lots of really amazing, interesting projects coming up. Yes, please watch them. <laughs> so Amina, on this kind of list of different types of Muslims, I'm just going to remind you of the types you can be. So you can be um, buttery, spicy, traditional, and of course, speciality. Is there one that really grabs you? If I was to go by um, Tinder, then spicy. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> what's your Instagram one? Can we do that meme where it's like Facebook, Instagram? Instagram is buttery. Right, okay. Like butter with milk. Sweet, buttery. okay. Um, Twitter is? What was the option? So it's uh, buttery, spicy, traditional and speciality. Oh, Twitter is speciality. What does speciality even mean on the menu? Like it's kind of like... Like a novelty. It's here and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how I like my tweets when they don't get numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that leaves traditional for Facebook, which I think is only fitting, yeah. given that Facebook has died as a medium. <laughs> what is Facebook? Who knows? It's like literally it's like the wild. I don't know. Just like a kind just of overgrown area. To Try and spy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You let the secret out. I like the idea of having a Muslim month where everyone gets to just spend a month trying to be a Muslim. I'm not sure about that. It's reminding me of that world hijab day. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm going to take that back now. Yeah. I feel like my mum would hope that every day was me trying to be a Muslim. <laughs> I could do better, apparently. Although I still don't understand the whole... Um, she wants me to be a better Muslim, but she wants me to take off my clothes. So I have no idea where she stands anymore. What? How does that Because <laughs> I'm in showbiz now. And in showbiz, you have to show some leg. Oh. Um, she has become the Desi Christianer. Okay. And I love it, but I'm absolutely terrified of what's coming next. Wow. Who knows? that? Because that is a plot twist. That is a plot twist. <laughs> plot twist to end all plot twists. Yeah. It's kind of like more lost leg. within purgatory now. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we have our we have our four ty- our four types of Muslims. Has anyone ever said to you before? Like, I'm sure you've been asked a question like, "What type of Muslim you are?" Oh, they want to know if you're a moderate Muslim. Yeah. I don't really know what mm. that means because I don't really do anything in moderation, so mm. it's a struggle <laughs> in the first place. So I would never use that word for myself in any way. Yeah, I think it is that sense in general that we like. This government is obsessed with like the like right and the wrong type of Muslim. Why can't it be mediocre Muslim? Yeah, like boring Muslims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. just like grumpy. We're just (laughs) grumpy today. Yeah, Yeah. sitting on a sofa watching Gogglebox Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our friend um, Sahima, who 
we will have, well, we've heard on each one of these sketches because she's the voice of the narrator. Simon Manzor Khan, she has a really, she's a really beautiful poem. Um, maybe I'll just read Shout Out to Sahima wherever in the world you are. Um, but she has a poem um, which is kind of about like that sense of, I guess, humanising. And yeah, there's a bit in that where she's, where it's kind of like, this will not be a Muslims are like us poem. I refuse to be respect- respectable Instead, love us when we're lazy, love us when we're poor, love us in our back-to-back council estates, depressed, unwashed, weeping, love us high as kites, unemployed, joyriding, time-wasting, failing at school, love us silent, unapologising, shopping in Poundland, skiving off school, homeless, unsure, sometimes violent, love us when we aren't athletes, when we don't bake cakes, etc., etc. I feel like that kind of like... Yeah, I love that. Yeah, mm. it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a video of Simon reading it yeah. online. But yeah. That's all we want. Yeah, but. you just want to be able to be normal. Like I said, like, whenever I'm writing... So when I, I wrote um, Beta Female, for instance, I really wasn't being like, oh, I'm going to write this groundbreaking mm. thing. I just wanted to write something funny and relatable. And mm. like, that's exactly what it turned out mm-hmm. to be. Um, but everyone's like, no, it has to be like Fleabag. You have to be groundbreaking. And it's like, but why? I don't, I just want to be like mediocre, relatable, fun. Like I want to write the next Clueless, not the next. See, I can't even think of like a serious movie. Yeah. Irishman, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a different podcast. Um, and I just I hate that we're not allowed to just be fun. Mm. We're always supposed to be serious. And I've, I think I would actually be really rich now if I had taken up the offers to write terrorist characters, to write arranged marriages. Mm. Um, and further along in my career, but like, what I, I would be so bored, I wouldn't even be able to do it anyway. And what's wrong with what's wrong with rom coms that yeah. aren't exactly Bollywood, like our mm. version of rom coms? And what's wrong with having a brown face and a Scottish accent or an Irish mm-hmm. accent? Yeah. Like we're here, we're not queer, but I don't know where the rest <laughs> of that sentence is. <laughs> do you have? Do you find like when you're like constantly having to check yourself then and being like? You know, like there's somebody like you're sort of having to write for different audiences, oh, but also like censor yourself because I have huge anxiety over this. It was actually Nikesh Chakla who um, reminds me time and time again that I'm really just writing for myself, um, and I, I've finally managed to internalize that. And it's mm-hmm. true, I am selfishly writing for myself, mm-hmm. and I hope people will relate, but I don't need everyone to relate to it, and it would be disingenuous for that to happen. But the people who do, I want them to feel seen. Mm-hmm. And that is really, that's my goal, to make people laugh and to, like, hopefully they will relate. Um, but that's, I'm representing me. So technically, there's not really a right way or wrong way um, to be me or my viewpoints because those are just my lived experiences, as people like to say. Um, and, I, I, like, I auditioned for the role myself and I didn't get it, so... <laughs> I love it. I was I was actually wondering that. It weren't so, good enough, Amna. It was not. Yeah. So, um, like, there's lots of more plot yeah. twists to come, but I, can't, I love that, though, because it just... There's so much that we have yet to discover because we've not really been allowed to do no, anything. Exactly, yeah. And I can't wait to be like talking to Hassan Minaj on his show 
or whatever and be like, yeah, that tape I auditioned for myself and it, my producer was terrible and let me play myself. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, because we should be able to tell stories yeah. like that yeah. instead of, oh, it was so hard. I'm yeah. working class and I'm brown and yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that yeah. sucks. But like, what about the fun stuff? Exactly. And then we also have to resist, like, I guess, like a media and a context that wants, that only wants those stories to come out, which is why we have to then create these different conversations, I guess. Mm-hmm. And not um, play those games as well. Yeah. Because actually just that thing that you were saying, I think is just really, like, we're just really touching about we're not, like, I can't wait for that moment to happen when mm-hmm. we can just, and Latifa, you said this before, like imagine freely, mm. like what would that, just imagine the amount of stuff that would be, mm. that you know, that everyone is losing out on. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just, one time I would like to be invited on something um, where the usual talk about racism, where someone's like, okay, snog, marry, kill, who would you rather, Ryan Gosling, Ryan, oh God. You're like, I'm here Ryan for this. Ryan <laughs> Ryan from the OC and I just get to like be extremely thirsty on yeah. TV instead of just being like so Osama bin Laden was a bad guy huh do you want to tell everyone that he was a bad guy do you think he was a bad guy like and once more for the people at the back yeah, yeah. so yeah. I just I just want to be basic like everyone else with my ice lattes and my checked shirt you have an, you have two ice lattes <laughs> in front ice of you in the studio right I love now them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and it reminded me when you said about writing for yourself, because um, obviously I was thinking, I'm just from Glasgow, and one of my favourite writers in the world is Jackie Kay, um, who I just like love so much. I um, like four conversations about Jackie Kay, and I've only been in London for eight hours. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I feel no, no, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny because it, people are really starting to, mm. not starting to, but... It's great. I, I yeah. love to hear it. Yeah. But I guess the thing, because the thing I always think with Jackie Kay, because like when, is that idea of like, and I think she says, because she's got it at the minute on Radio 4, um, actually my friend's mum, Tanika Gupta, has done a radio dramatisation of Trumpet, um, which is Jackie Kay's like, which a novel that Jackie Kay wrote in 1998. Um, and I'm really excited to listen to it. I haven't listened yet. Um, but basically like in Trumpet, um, the character, the main character is this, um, is a, is is called Joss Moody and is um, a black trumpeter and um, a Scottish black trumpeter. And when the whole story is about when Joss dies, um, it's found out that Joss is actually biologically female, but had lived his life as a man and was a man. Um, and this is what the whole story is about. And Jackie Kay wrote that in 1998. Mm. And like when you think about that, I'm kind of like at that point and has said since obviously that at that point there was no there was no stories like that and obviously we all know that Jackie Case has spoken loads about being you know a black Scottish person adopted brought up by white parents a queer black Scottish woman and what that means and what it meant not to see that representation and I think in the context of um, Trumpet has you know said that you know basically building on what t- Tony Morrison said about wanting to write r- writing the fiction that you want to read essentially mm. and sometimes we so when you're saying that thing about like you write for yourself it's also like we we understand how e.g. in writing something like Trumpet or in any of the work that someone like Jackie Kay wrote especially in the context of being Scottish and what that meant um it's kind of like you give permission to so many people. Mm. Like you're basically saying like we're told in so many ways that we're contradictory, that we're fragmented, that these things are not compatible. It's like, and then the result of that is you become a fragmented being mm. and you have to, you're constantly switching faces. And so, and, you know, I think that we've got so many of these kind of, of people in terms of like elders, like someone like Jackie Kay, but also are kind of like contemporary, the people around us to be grateful to in that sense of like, 
giving permission to be whole, mm-hmm. basically. And like that feels, I guess like that is, that feels like a really big motivation. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I wasted so much time waiting for permission um, only to realize that, that I, mm. I don't need to, mm-hmm. I should ask for forgiveness instead. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, to- I definitely agree. And yeah. I think I spoke at Glasgow University yesterday and I, it may have been the bad influence my aunties warned off. <laughs> But um, I was just saying that you can, like, because I always have this thing, if I lose 10 pounds, I'll be more successful and I'll do this. If I get, if I grow my hair longer, if I go get a manicure, I have this idea that if I accomplish this small thing, um, that is what's going to aesthetically, like, push me forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not true. But we're just so conditioned to think that we're not enough. Mm. Um, so I hope that next generation, who are probably going to be our bosses. Yeah, 100%. Soon, I already um, feel like they are our bosses. Well, she was mercy, <laughs> but also kind of really revel in that, that they are enough. Yeah. Um, because it is a struggle. Mm-hmm. And then people are always trying to make us choose. It's like, how would you even choose? Yeah. It doesn't even make Sorry. sense. I hate that question. Like, because I get that a lot. Um, people are always like, why don't you just say Scottish? And I'm like... If I just say Scottish, then I immediately get people going, but like, but why do you look like that? So I say Scottish Pakistani because I don't want to have a 20 minute Mm. conversation playing 21 um, questions as you try to figure out my ethnicity. Mm -hmm. I do it for you, not for me. Because a lot of people think, oh, she's such a novelty. She thinks she's so special. I'm like, no, it's because you can't stop asking me where I'm really from. And I'm tired of having that conversation. So it's so funny the things they project back onto you that you do for their... Kind of for their mm-hmm. ease. Yeah, one hundred percent. I sometimes say I'm Swedish. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> <laughs> I need Mystery. a blonde or six foot two. Yeah. No, according to twenty three and me, I am eleven percent South American. So okay. I am now like Gloria Estefan. Mm. <laughs> Estefan, Gloria Estefan. <laughs> but okay, I failed already. <laughs> I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read out a couple of like headings for these reports that I think are like an example of being written about and not us having any choice over how we describe ourselves. What kind of reports are these, by the so way? So these are kind of like academic reports done, mm. produced by well-known and respected think tanks. Shall I, name, shall I just name who the think tanks are? Why not? Drop a few names. Yeah. Let's see if anyone gets annoyed. Um, <laughs> so the first one is by uh, Policy Exchange. And I think what, so I'll read out a few and then we should come up with our own. I think, okay. our own versions. Um, so the first one is by Policy Exchange, and it's called Unsettled Belonging, a survey of Britain's Muslim communities. Wow. That's... You feel like that's like an unattended item in the luggage yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining like a choppy sea. Yeah. Like... Or like if you've got tummy trouble, yeah. unsettled belonging. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, the other one is uh, by Civitas, um, The No True Muslim Fallacy. How Muslims are intimidated and marginalised for supporting counter-extremism narratives. So basically, this report was about how there are too many Muslims who like complain about all the other Muslims who do all of the kind of counter-terrorism stuff. So it was just a big long whinge. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was a oh yeah. And can you just read the start, the first bit of that one again? The two, the, the no true, the no true Muslim fallacy. That's so weird. Does that make I sense? Yeah. I don't even the know. The no true Muslim fallacy. Is this supposed to be the no phallic. true Scotsman? Okay, okay. But yeah. obviously, like, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there, yeah. Um, and then this is, I feel slightly guilty about using this one because I think they're actually um, just throw it into the ring. Oh no. <laughs> um, so this is by Citizens UK, and this was called. 
The Missing Muslims. Mm. So I would have loved dun, this dun, title. Dun. It's it like a sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved this if this had just been Missing Muslims, I'm imagining, question mark. Yeah. I'm imagining like the Midsummer Murders music. Thinking like the missing Muslims, a spaceship turns up and all of a sudden Muslims get beamed up. Okay, wow. Um, and everyone thinks it's Judgment Day, but it's not Judgment Day. They've just been kidnapped by aliens. Oh, wow. Um, and then there's like this whole conspiracy. Oh, I'm going to pitch that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we facilitated that idea. It's like Noah's Ark the second with have a twist. Got, have you got a version? Got a, what would your... Ooh, I always think of like, yeah, something like Muslims muesli, like <laughs> some kind of like, it could be the new kind of like breakfast initiative. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was, I, was, I was listening to Spotify while I was just on the journey here. So I was just trying to think of titles. So I think these are just like song titles that came into my head. So they've kind of transformed into... So one that I came up was The Whole of the Muslim. A partial account of Muslim life. Okay. Which is the whole of the moon. Yeah. Um, when Muslims cry. Okay. A sentimental Ooh. study of Muslims. When Muslims cry. People would be so interested to, I think, I to think get a formula to when <laughs> Muslims cry. <laughs> yeah. I can't I like think that. of any. I've got like Imam interrupted, but that's supposed to be ghetto interrupted. Oh, I like I that. Like that one. Imam interrupted. Well, and I've already used this one, um, but Schrodinger's Muslim. Yeah. We exist and we don't exist at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We should we should sell these ideas yeah. to the think Put tanks. Put them on a t-shirt. Yeah. 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 Or exactly. they could be like at the beginning of cinema, sort of like trailers, like in that cinema voice. Mm. The missing Muslims. Yeah. The good, bad, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Imam interrupted, I think, is yeah. up there for yeah. me. Because <laughs> I'm sure that, yeah, would not be a happy Imam. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and just to go back to so this sketch that we listened to, um, and it ended with this kind of like, kind of like ominous point, right? Between this um, interviewer, which was my voice, um, <laughs> with a bit of an exaggeration, um, interviewing this personality and kind of like just like forcing him to try and like identify who he is and what he stands for. And what were you thinking, Rahel, with that kind of like end note that there was there, which was kind of dark? I mean, it's just, it's just interesting just hearing Amna talk about, you know, like there's a real privilege in being able to have a public voice and actually all the communities that we, you know, work with, they don't necessarily have that, are able to do that. And I think there is, if I think about things like the prevent policy, where there are people who are like interrogated about the most, you know, innocent actions, you know, like, and, and then thought of as being risky or potentially dangerous. Mm. Um, but all of that goes on without anybody recognizing or recording that or anybody being held accountable yeah we need the prevent that. prevent mm. movement yeah, yeah yeah and i think I like for me it. there's like where's the accountability where is you know it's great that it's like how do you mobilize a large group of people around some of these kind of these and they're not insignificant racist actions and harmful actions as well and that's something I think that's what I was trying to do. I think that's mm. what I was, the point that I was trying to make with that. Mm. Like actually, you know, the camera's on right now and sometimes the cameras provide a sort of safety thing. But then once they're switched off, what's going on there? I really mm. like the bit um, where tell us how grateful you are and then they cut them off because mm. that is that sums up the entire experience and it actually keeps confirming to me that a lot of British people don't even know their own history, which I mm. find quite frankly really embarrassing yeah. on their behalf. Um, 
And yeah, we're not grateful to be here and they're just going to have to deal with yeah. our existence. When you sort of just came into the studio, you were saying something about your granddad. like. So my great granddad. Um, so I'm not one to get into tour fights. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm known for. Um, I can't remember what happened, but there was this fascist who I got into fight with over chicken tikka. And then it developed into his followers. He's no longer allowed on Twitter, by the way. And then um, his followers were then like set upon me and one of them said something like, did Pakistanis defend Britain? I don't think so. And like, yes, I'm aware that at that time, Pakistan was India. So let's just get that out of the way. Mm. But my great granddad actually um, died in the, he fought and died in the war. Mm. Um, and it was an amazing moment because the British people who were aware just immediately were like, are you dumb? Like, obviously, and then it just became this huge educational moment. The video I made for the BBC did over, like, three or four million. Mm, wow. Um, and it was it was strange because, like, people did know, but not enough people knew or wanted to acknowledge it. Um, and that poor troll was just absolutely stampeded upon for their complete ignorance. Um, it was... Yeah, from Chicken Tikka to World War Two, like the British can bring up World War Two in absolutely anything. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, is that quote from Sivanandan who says, "Wear hair because you were over there." That's what I said uh, in the know, video. It, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no, I just mean like <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is so frustrating, yeah. and I just don't understand how they don't get it. Mm. Like, yeah. read a book or listen to a podcast or. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. What okay. do you think is an if what what do you think could be like one of the because obviously we know many things have to work at the same time but do you think there's anything so at Muscle we do quite a lot of work with like schools and some of that is around you know we hear we're hearing a lot right now about like decolonizing curriculum or decolonizing learning and um, institutions and um, yeah do you have any do you have any thoughts around that in terms of yeah. I'm not sure because I feel like there's there's people who, who are aware but they don't want to acknowledge it because mm. it doesn't serve their narrative. But I found something interesting recently um, about an actor turned mediocre musician okay. who was on Question Time. Because there's a, a movie coming out or it's already out where they had, I'm pretty sure, a Sikh soldier in World War One, and he claimed that it was distracting from the narrative to force yeah. um, diversity into it. And he is currently somehow the chief representation of racism right now. This very, I mean, he'll accuse me of racism if I call him a white privileged man. Um, but his famous father, like he has had all the breaks in the world and he was offended. Uh, maybe not offended, but he was perplexed by the appearance of a Sikh man in World War One. And that is a great example of what is wrong with mm. British media right mm -hmm. now. What I found really funny was, I mean, absolutely giving no credit to the Daily Mail, but they were one of the tabloids to tear, like, to actually be like, actually, no, you're wrong. Mm. So I think that apparently that's the line. For the, yeah, exactly. The bar is like dropping yeah. at pace. Um, yeah. But I think he is a great example. Um, and they've, they've done it. The media keep doing that. They keep bringing 
people who are like racist adjacent mm -hmm. and making them into celebrities or yeah. making them real. Yeah, I mean, I literally had not heard of him. Me neither. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's just there. And like, so, like shout out to that, to that woman, to the black woman yeah. in the audience of Question Time who like just like had to deal with so like immediately just like so much it was like face. horrendousness. Exactly. Yeah. I only knew because he was married to Billy Piper, Piper mm. at some time. Wow, Piper, Piper <laughs> at some time. But yeah, it was just the fact that he went from Question Time First of all, why was he even on it? Yeah, well, that is a question. What are they doing? And then why did he get continued coverage on something that doesn't make any sense in the mm -hmm. first place? And then when he said the comment about Sikh soldiers, that is just like, come on. If you're... If I was to go in and say that, I'd be cancelled so fast. I mean, no one truly gets cancelled, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I would struggle to work again. Yeah. Yeah, you have this person who can't even sing in tune. Yeah. Getting like... Pages and pages. Exactly. So historical. I, I mean, there's this, there's this project that we're doing in schools. Um, there was that zine that you created, um, which was how different communities came to Forest Gate. And it's just full of... So that story about the £5 check is based on a real story. Mm -hmm. And there are like these really small stories that are, you know, don't get archived, you know, because they're not seen as being important enough. Mm -hmm. But I just think they're so valuable and some of the stories that we've heard of like different families who've traveled through a number of different countries to arrive in forest gate are both you know they're so powerful they're touching they're and they're just funny they're yeah, yeah yeah they're inspiring and it's almost like why aren't we hearing those stories have mm. you read um partition stories by kavita purity uh, I haven't read it, but it's I've, I've heard all about it. Yeah. And if, um, it's not exactly what you're talking about, but I feel like you'll find some comfort yeah. and some tears in that. Um, it is, it's great. And it was a book I've been waiting for my whole life, I didn't realise. Because mm. those are those were kind of stories that I wanted to ask my gran, but they were too painful because mm. I did not know how many relatives we lost in the partition. And I think Radio 4 did a, a season on it too. So like... That should be archive, archived in the similar way that the, um, yeah. the partition yeah. is starting to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was thinking when you said that of Fatma Asghar's book, do you know yeah. um, if they come for us? Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's so, I'm reading it at the minute and I'm just like, it's, it's painful. Yeah, it is painful. And it is, it's just, it is that thing of just those, yeah, it's it's so important that in in so many different ways we we find we find ways to kind of like tell these stories and like revisit them and in ways that are caring mm -hmm. and ways that are like you're saying like gentle but also that like really kind of like it's so important that they're told. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, the Good Immigrant, which was fantastic, and now it's got an American version mm -hmm. too. Like yeah. those are. Those are books that we yeah. needed, but we didn't know we needed them until yeah. someone yeah. was like, yeah, I'm doing this. So yeah. props to Nikesh for that. But it's, um, I feel like it's the start of something. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we we chatted about people like Jackie Kay and it's also then, you know, th th we have our we have our trailblazers. And for you, like, I guess Jackie Kay is like a really local kind of like <laughs> yeah. trailblazer in Scotland. Is there anyone else that you would kind of like that you hold up in terms of both someone who you may see as an elder or an ancestor but also a contemporary oh god person. so many people but yeah. now that i'm on the spot i can't i can't think of anyone that's okay i like aisha hazarika mm -hmm. um afwa hirsch oh, i think i see her name all the time mm -hmm. oh man many apparently 
I can't think of anyone. That's how much they mean to me. Oh, they really do. I just have a terrible a blockage. memory. Yeah. If you go through my Twitter feed, that tells you all the people that I like. So I don't know if that helps. <laughs> That's a good reference. We refer people to Amna's Twitter feed. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing someone really obvious. And that's the thing. And there's even people like Caroline Criado Perez, who mm. isn't Muslim, but is a huge feminist and um, does great work with misogyny and data and things mm. like that. And I would love to be able to channel some of that to towards race. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily she's a good friend of mine, so I get to bug her about it. But um, yeah, so I feel like we get more allies who um, are smart and intelligent. I feel like we'll all be better for it. I, I would shout out to uh, Michelle Alexander, uh, who booked the new Jim Crow, and mm. Ruth Wilson Gilmore, who's written a book called the golden gulag which i those like amazingly intelligent like ferociously intelligent like writers mm. yeah and they're in yeah. the states so <laughs> i can never meet them i could travel to the states guess, but <laughs> maybe maybe one no day. i don't think yeah. <laughs> in thinking about the future so rahel you wrote these these absurd future sketches do you have any um is there anything, what would, like, let's think of an alternative to this, to this particular sketch, but what would a Muslim future look like to you? Um, do I, can I say something that's not, uh, that's not too serious? If you want. This is your podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Okay, so this is, so I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, in my Muslim future, I imagine that the counterterrorism policy Prevent is renamed Revenant, instead of Muslims being disproportionately targeted under surveillance and stigmatized, the new target is campers or anyone who enjoys the outdoors too much. Oh, is this a personal vendetta? I, I've heard, Rahel, that you don't like the outdoors. No, that's not true. You don't step in puddles? I can run in the outdoors, but I can't just walk. I just get... So you I want to walk. turn the lens of prevent towards those who do... Just anyone who can. I don't understand camping. Okay, that's my. That's the thing that I don't. Understand. Okay, I don't understand camping. Okay. I don't get people that walk for no reason. Yeah, and people that walk for no reason. I don't get. I it. love a walk. Oh, I get yeah. so bored, and then I have to be alone with my thoughts. Like that's not fun. No, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too much time. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much, Amna. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Amna. Take care. <laughs>